You are listening to Matter of Theology, a podcast production that deals with church and cultural issues from a biblical standpoint. We stand firm on the sufficiency of Scripture, hitting every topic with an open Bible and the boldness to say things that others are afraid to. And now, here's the host of Matter of Theology, Chris Huff. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to Matter of Theology, the place where theology matters. Well, because everything is a matter of theology. My name is Chris. I am your host, uh, and we welcome you uh, to a- a- an edition of Matter of Theology. And uh, and so, look, we're going to get right into the mix uh, on this episode. Um, and so, we are recording this episode on July second, twenty twenty one. And um, if you are involved in or um, on social media following uh, in the same groups and camps that uh, that, that I am in that, uh, that that we are in as a network um, then then I know I know you have seen um, the 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 massive um, blow up that's happening right now uh, inside the Southern Baptist Convention inside the SBC um, and so but just if you don't know, if you're just coming into this later or years down the road, um, let, let me just break down what, what, we're, what, what, we've, uh, what we've seen and experienced over the past, I don't know, week, um, two weeks, roughly. Um, and uh, so, so as of the recording of this episode, the Southern Baptist Convention has a new president. That president's name is Ed Litton. Um, I'm not going to put any sort of moniker or descriptor uh, before his name. Uh, I'll get into why later. Um, but, uh, but, but he was elected president, and, and uh, we're not going to get into all the politics behind it, but there was some, ex- some very, very shady things that happened and went down um, there at the Southern Baptist Convention. Um, if you're interested in, in, in hearing about that and, and uh, learning more about that, what I'm going to do in the show notes, I'm going to put a link to the G3 podcast uh, with Dr. Josh Bice and our brother Virgil Walker breaking down a recap of what happened at the SBC 2021 convention in Nashville, Tennessee. However, since then, uh, which was not very long, (laughs) um, it has come to light that the current president of the Southern Baptist Convention um, has been uh, plagiarizing his sermons. Um, and if you didn't know that there are now, uh, as of the recording of this episode of Matter of Theology, there are four, uh, five, excuse me, five instances, recorded instances of blatant plagiarism, uh, four of which uh, is a word for word, um, word for word plagiarism. And of course, uh, Ed Litton has plagiarized the, the, his, his predecessor. Um, and if that, of course, is J.D. Greer, I also do not put any sort of moniker or descriptor before saying J.D. Greer's name. And I'm doing that for a reason. Um, but J.D. Greer um, uh, did some sermons through the Book of Romans in 2019. Uh, as of the beginning of, of, of 2020, I believe it was, Ed Litton also was going through the Book of Romans. Um, and there are four videos that you can find. I will put those uh, links to those videos in the show notes as well, um, where you can go and watch um, JD saying his thing, and then it immediately 
flips to Ed, and it is almost in every instance a word for word parroting uh, of, of J.D. Greer's sermons. Uh, there are illustrations that are shared like they are his own um, from Ed Litton and from J.D. Greer uh, that are not. Um, so we, we, we got a problem. We have a massive problem inside the SBC, but then at the same time, and I will get into this as this episode progresses, at the same time, um, I for one am thankful, uh, thankful that we're seeing this, thankful that this has come to light um, as the Lord continues to build and purify his church. So all of that being said, this is a very freestyle episode. Um, there are no notes uh, right now. We are we are just coming off the cuff and uh and, and, and making, making his appearance, season two of Matter of Theology, uh, is my brother, the founder of Matter of Theology, uh, and Professor, can we call you Professor? I mean... You are. So, if you yeah. want to call me Professor, go ahead. <laughs> Mr. Drew Vonita, how you doing, bro? Uh, you know, I just can't seem to get away from the podcast as hard <laughs> as I try. Like, I, I run the other way here. and it keeps following me. Well, man, I, I wanted you to come on. And the reason I specifically look, and, and if you guys are new to Matter of Theology, go back and check out uh, all of our other episodes. They are on Anchor. You can find us on Anchor. Um, and um, uh, we got a website coming soon. So stay tuned for that. Um, and but 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 Drew and I have been doing this a minute. And if you guys know us, you know how strong or strongly, I'm not sure really gra grammatically how to say that right now. Um, it's been a long day. Um, how, how strongly you and I feel about preaching, mm -hmm. the primacy of preaching, the mm -hmm. importance of preaching. Uh, and then, of course, as that relates to the call and the confirmation um, of the pastor. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so, so I, I, I asked Drew, I said, hey, bro, do you want, you want to hop on and, and let's, just, let's just go for it. Let's just hit record, see what comes out. You and I have talked about preaching and preachers for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and so, yeah, man, here we go. Yeah. So, I mean... <clears throat> and to getting into why Chris, you know, kind of referred to me as a professor is because yes. I, I have a class that I teach through Cruciform Bible Institute called the Foundations of Expository Preaching. And the very first uh, lecture that I give is the call to preach. Yeah. How do you know? that you're called to preach. And I go through just many different things. I go through the character, um, the, you know, are you even saved to begin with, you know, things like that. I go, I go through all these things. Yeah. Um, so when you see someone who is a pastor and they've now been elected as the president of the biggest denomination in the world. Yeah. And then all this stuff comes out about, plagiarizing he plagiarizes his sermons uh i get a little fired up and so you guys can't see chris and i talked about this before we started recording but i am wearing my dale brisby old son hat uh if you know dale brisby then you already know but if you don't know you're learning right now uh, <laughs> and so i told chris i said we're about to go 90 on ed Litton. so we're so we're about to go 90 old son and uh I'm about to bring the honey bear out uh -oh. because this is, this is something like you said, that we are passionate about. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, and why, why are we passionate about this brother? 
you know, the, the, the call of a pastor is the highest calling mm. that a man can have on his life. Now, I'm, now I'll, I'll stretch that into, into a preacher as well, just because there's preachers that aren't pastors, but every pastor is a preacher. So, um, so, so the call to preach, to, to deliver God's word to God's people is the highest calling you can have. That's right. And in that, the preparation to deliver a sermon, there is much work uh, yes. that goes into that. And so pastors that preach week in and week out, yeah. right? They yeah. go through so much. Oh, okay. Let me say real, real preachers, real pastors. There you go. There you go. Go through so much work. Uh, uh, there's a lot today that aren't real pastors. They just kind of, you know, are motivational speakers. Yeah. But real preachers, real pastors, yeah. they do the study. Yeah. They dig into the text. Yeah. They analyze the text. They draw out from the text and they say, what is God showing about himself first in this text? Mm -hmm. What are the, what are the, the doctrinal and theological themes here? Mm -hmm. How does this point to Christ? Yeah. So that, so that in my preaching, I may make much of Christ. And then how do I apply this? That's right. That's so right. that, so that my, my people, Right, can grow in holiness and in sanctification, but also magnify Christ in their life. That's right. That's right. And and then in this, you, you know, whether it may be a verse or it's a, an entire chapter, where is the gospel? Because the gospel needs to needs to have primacy. Sure. So so a pastor and a preacher when they're drafting a sermon, there is much work that takes place. Yeah. Okay, reading the text, drawing out from the text, then going and and looking at doing word studies, yeah, uh, for yeah. key words that that yeah. show up, yeah, looking at commentaries, yeah, seeing what different people say about right. about certain parts of this, yeah. There, I mean, it, it when we start talking about Ed Litton and J D Greer and the joke that they are. Come on. Right. This is just uh, right. This is flashback to the 80s and early 90s of Millie Vanilli. Right. That, <laughs> that's what they are. They're yeah, just guys. Yeah. Well, look, look so, so a couple of things I, I, I want to hit on that you said that I think is very, very important. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and anybody who's listened to us for, for uh, you know, as long as we've been we've been doing this, brother, that they, they've heard us talk about this before. But, you know, the 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 call. Uh, the, the the call to preach, the call to pastor, the call to shepherd, uh, to your point, is the highest call that anyone can have. It was Charles Haddon Spurgeon, the prince of preachers, that said, quote, if God has called you to be his servant, why stoop to be a king? Close quote. Or, or president. Of or uh, come on. Absolutely. So 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 I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. Um, and, and then and then what, what what sweet time that work is, you know, you and I have had the opportunity mm -hmm. to, uh, to, to to preach at some conferences. You and I have had the opportunity to uh, to preach for, for student services and, and, and Wednesday night gatherings and um, so on and so forth. I, and, and I would agree with Dr. John MacArthur, and I'm not going to quote him because I, I can't remember the exact quote here, but one of the things that he was talking about um, as they launched the MacArthur Center. <laughs> look, look at what hey, I'm, I've got right now. Okay. No, hey, preaching notes. There you go. Um, so, so um, you know, one of the things that he talked about in, in the podcast, uh, the first podcast for the MacArthur Center was, 
you know, when he's writing and preparing a sermon, um, he said that the sweetest time and the, the, the time that means the most to him is not when his chair goes forward to write, but when his chair goes back and the contemplation and the Lord working on him mm-hmm. through the preparation, um, you, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a common leadership theme. I mean, just for, for a moment, take the theological out of it, which you can't, but if you could, you can't lead people where you yourself haven't been. And so uh, I I think to a quote, uh, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones said this, he said, quote, a preacher who does not preach his his sermon to himself before he preaches it to anybody else is exposing himself to hypocrisy. Right. He is in a very dangerous condition. And so those are just a few things that jumped out at at me, you know, just just immediately by what you said. And and, and, let me throw in another guy in there. Yeah, go for it, bro. And I think it was Robert Murray McShane that said this. But he said, you can't deal with God's people unless you first deal with yourself. That's right, brother. So, so, wow. so I, if I'm a preacher, I have no business delivering God's word unless, I, to, to go back to what uh, uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones said, yeah. I can't deliver that message until that message has first gone through me. Absolutely. And not, ju- and not just through me by way of listening to someone else preach it, through mm. me by way of me Come reading on, it, me studying it, going <laughs> through my faculties, right? So yeah. that it penetrates my soul first. Right. Well, bro, th- 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 that is absolutely right, man. I mean, you can't, it's not a, it, it, and I love the way you said that. I, it's, it's, it's not that the sermon is working on me through me listening to somebody else preach it. It's, it's that sweet time of studying and unpacking the word of God. Um, and, and for anyone, for anyone to tout that God has called them to, to be a herald of the creator of the universe and his holy word, and yet to get up there and to parrot uh, verbatim in some cases and, and lie and say that these illustrations are mine and that, and that, you know, to, to give the, the, even the impression or the, the, the idea that this has come from my labor, mm-hmm. um, is, is, is deception in, in the highest order. It is hypocrisy as Lloyd Jones yeah. says. And, 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 and I am very, very concerned by, by their actions, both Lytton and Greer and James Merritt, and Rick Warren, um, I could keep going because th- this is a culture inside the SBC. Mm-hmm. You know, you can, did you know you can buy transcripts of Rick Warren's sermons for, uh, I mean, it, it's quote unquote cheap, but the number of downloads and the number of people that do this weekly, mm-hmm. these, these guys are making money. Mm-hmm off selling their sermon transcripts and then other pastors are going out there and, and, and preaching them as if they're own. Now, this is what I heard um, about a certain group of churches, right? Ark churches. Um, Yeah. I think Hillsong is, is a member of the Ark churches (laughs) kind of gathering, but Ark churches, if you, if you, if you listen to them, they all follow the same kind of themes and notes as one another. So, so you may have like one, one arc church preach a, ser- preach a sermon series. And then six months later, another arc church will do the same series with the same notes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I just wow. learned that. Wow. I, I just, 
uh, brother, I, I don't understand that. I, I, I don't understand um, the, 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 the level of deception and then those trying to defend that deception. Yeah. Um, I mean, it just, it, get, it just gives credence to Paul's yeah. words in Timothy that, that there are those um, inside the church um, who, who uh, I, I mean, desire to have their ears tickled. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so, I mean, they're, they're okay with it, you know? And, right. and, and th- that brings up another point, bro. It's like, you know, I, do, do I believe that Ed Litton and J.D. Greer and James Merritt um, know the gospel um, and, and that, that have faithfully preached the, um, the, frame, the, the, the basic framework of the gospel? Yes, I do. Um, however, so does, it, so, so does Satan. Yeah. <laughs> I, Just I, I mean, I, I would say, up. yeah, I would say they know it. I would say that they've preached it, but I would say they haven't been saved by it. Because they're still living in deception. They're, they're willfully deceiving people. They're not, they're not even doing the work that the Bible calls them to do. No. So no. if you can do that, if you can lie to people like that and, and have no remorse, have no conviction, right? Not come out and say, you know what? I have lied to you. Mm-hmm. And I am therefore disqualified, right? If you if you can just continue on, you know, uh, hunky dory, like nothing's ever happened, like oh, it's just no big deal. I don't think the Holy Spirit has has changed your heart. Yeah, well, I, I, and I know that's strong to say, but no, no, no. But it's uh, stealing people's sermons, and then like you said, illustrations, like I'm, I'm just thinking like, okay, if I give an illustration about my wife or my family or something like that, and someone else gives the same illustration, uh, I, that's that, that bro, you're not living my life. Right. No, I, I agree. I, I, I think another red flag there, if you, if you, if you go and watch the videos, which wouldn't it be funny if someone gave an illustration about like their kids and then someone that people know that don't have kids, they gave the same illustration. Right. Right. I, if you go and watch uh, the, the videos um, uh, of the first one, the first one, of course, is the one that, that kind of kicked all this off. In the first video, um, it, 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 there are multiple issues with these sermons, period, because the, this is the sermon where, uh, if you didn't know, J.D. Greer so famously said that, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I, the Bible whispers about sexual sin. Yeah. Um, he whispered and, so much he destroyed a city. Oh. <laughs> A couple of them, actually. Um, so, so you know, th- th- this is that sermon, and and there there is a lot theologically wrong with that. Tell that um, to Lot's wife, who looked back to watch. Exactly. Well, I mean, you know, I, I I'll put it this way: even if God does whisper about sexual sin, which He does not, and I have one verse of Scripture, uh, just one, um, that will will absolutely refute that, um, and and I'll get into that here in a few minutes. But even if God did whisper, um, the last time I checked, according to Psalm thirty three, the breath the breath of the Lord is what breathes stars into existence. So his whisper is more powerful than any shout you and I could ever muster. Yeah. So it's one of those things that even if God did whisper about any sin, which he does not, um, that, that then we should, we should repent. We should yeah. fall on our faces. Well, in I mean, fear. Just, just think about, cause what does, 
what does Paul say about sexual sin? Not, but not just sexual sin, but, but sin regardless, right? He says, those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So whether he whispers or whether he shouts it, if it's a sin and, and, and in that vice list, guess what? You're not entering the kingdom of God. Right, right. Well, and, and the, the, the one verse of scripture that I have to just absolutely decimate that argument, and, and I want to get into that, that, that whole argument too, and that, that defense of that argument um, and what J.D. Greer said, um, you know, it's Colossians 3.5, and Colossians 3.5 in the Legacy Standard Bible says this, therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed which is idolatry. Okay. So, so right there, right there, you, that one verse, now there are more, there are absolutely more, but that one verse that absolutely puts the, puts the, um, the argument that God whispers about any sin to death. The root of any sin is idolatry. The root of any sin that that's what it goes back to. And Paul here in this verse he starts with idolatry, which is the root, and moves backwards. Mm-hmm. So the root of that is idolatry. What what, what actions does that idolatry uh, foster? What fruit does that foster? Greed, evil desire, passion, impurity, immorality, and and, and, it's, and that's sexual immorality there. And I love the way that the LSB translate that. The mm-hmm. NAS leaves out the word sexual in it, mm-hmm. but it's sexual immorality. Right. Now. The word now, if it and just for our, yeah. our people that may have the NAS or something that are reading yeah. that, yeah. Um, they they may say, Well, it just says immoral. Well, the word is pornea. That's and right. Pornea covers every form of sexual sin. That's right. That's right. And notice, which leads to impurity. Right, right. <laughs> the and defiling notice, of your body. Exactly. Well, notice what Paul says there. He says, therefore, consider. Now, the word dead there, um, and the, the word dead there, you have to put consider dead together. It's a verb, mm-hmm. okay? It's an imperative. It is to make dead, okay? Put to death, to be dead. I mean, this is going to war, hacking, to, to, to borrow John, John MacArthur's name of a sermon that he preached, hacking Agag to pieces. This is hacking your sin to pieces. This is putting it to death, killing it, and and we've done we've done and an, an, an multiple episodes talking about sin, the mortification of sin. We went through John Owen's book, the mortification of sin. Um, but but ladies and gentlemen, that that puts that that argument to death. Speaking mm-hmm. of death, you if 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 sexual sin was not one that God whispered about, mm-hmm. then why why would you need to put it to death? Paul is very very clear here. Put. Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, of course, being the third member of the Trinity. Sorry, Ed Litton and Redemption Church, not the third part <laughs> of God, but the third member. Um, uh, oh, Patrick. Uh, uh, yeah, oh, Patrick, that's mortalism. So it's <laughs> that's it, partialism, Patrick. I, um, so if you guys haven't seen that, you should go look that up. Um, so which isn't it weird that after he was elected, they changed that within 30 minutes of, of his of the election. They changed and, their heresy. Yes, <laughs> yep, they changed the hair. They, and they and the, the explanation was was again awful. It's just awful. More it's just lies on top of lies on top of lies. Um, but but brothers and sisters, um, the Bible's clear about sexual immorality. Um uh, J.D. Greer is also guilty of plagiarism here. 
um, because J.D. Greer is, is quoting Tim Keller and saying, well, you know, homosexuality is not going to send you to hell. You know how I know that? Because heterosexuality doesn't send you to heaven. What an absolutely asinine thing for a pastor to say. That is ridiculous. That is why, you know what? That is how why do these people you use scripture to illustrate scripture. You use scripture to interpret scripture. As diamond cuts another diamond, Thomas Watson said, so the word of God cuts and divides itself. You know, the why more that you say something like that, dude, the more that comes out about J.D. Greer, the more that you just and the more he opens his mouth, the more you realize why he wasn't in American Gospel, too. Uh, right. <laughs> right. Because, so, you know, Brandon Weber was probably like, OK, this guy's an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, bro, th this is exactly why it it's all of this, all of this combined. This is exactly why I refuse to say Pastor Ed Litton, Pastor J.D. Greer, right. because what they have clearly, clearly shown through their actions and words is that they are nothing of the sort biblically. Now, let me be clear and say this. I am not attacking them individually. I'm not saying that they are, they are beyond uh, forgiveness. They are that, that no grace is shown, nothing like that. What I am saying is that through their words and actions, mm -hmm. they are 110% disqualified mm -hmm. to stand in any sort of pulpit as yeah. a pastor or shepherd. Yeah. They need to, they need to seek forgiveness and then they need to come under uh, discipleship and biblical yes. pastoring yes. is what they need to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, so you've got this sermon and, um, and if you guys haven't seen the videos again, I'll put them in the show notes, but it's uncomfortable. It is. I'm, I'm watching them and I'm just going, oh my, this is bad. This is bad. Not only the plagiarism, yes, that's a big deal, but but the theology mm -hmm. is bad. And 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 this is it, it, what what it's doing, brother. It's creating, it's giving people false hope and false like false confidence in, mm -hmm. in 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 in. Oh well, you know what? If I'm same sex attracted, it's okay if I don't act on it. No. Th mm. That is sin. Yeah. That is damnable. Yeah. It, you, you can't. You, I mean, can't even the fact that, that. The heterosexual sin is the same, the, the exact same way, because Jesus said, just because you don't commit the act of adultery, if you think about it, That's you right. are committing the act of adultery. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, and, <laughs> Brother, the, the, the reason that this is so concerning, the reason that, that you have the, the uh, faithful, faithful brothers who are just trying to bring awareness and light to this. Or are they, are they being called Pharisees or something? Absolutely. They're fundamentalists, <laughs> right? <laughs> the same thing that you and I have heard for years. <laughs> fundamentalists, legalists, the Bible's not yeah. God. Relax, calm down. They get the gospel right. I mean, isn't that <laughs> Acts 29's favorite Acts defense? 29, yeah. You know, oh, we get the gospel right. Okay, but how about the rest of the council of God? How about the rest of scripture? Yeah, like, just I, because I, they get it right again, are, have they been changed by the gospel? Right. Okay. You can you you understand and can articulate and, and rightfully so the life, death, burial, and resurrection of, of the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. The gospel. I get that. <laughs> but what about the rest of it? What about leadership? What about shepherding? What about counseling? What about preaching? Mm -hmm. You know, what about what about doing the right thing? What are, I mean, holiness and holy living and not not getting up on stage and making coarse and crass jokes when you're preaching through Song of Solomon for crying mm -hmm. out loud. 
That's not what you're called to do. Now, going back to, to Lytton and Greer, both of them in the Sermon on Romans 1, of all things, mm. <laughs> uh, which if you want to hear us unpack mm. Romans 1, we have done that. They, like, they both say that, that the sin of homosexuality is not a sin of choice, but a sin of affliction. No, 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 excuse me, not a sin of affliction, but a product of affliction due to perceived unanswered prayer, quote unquote. What? Yes. What does that even mean? Exactly. So, so you're, it, 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 and what does that sound like? That sounds like revoice. It does. That sounds like revoice. And so, so here's the problem, ladies and gentlemen, here's the problem. And Jesus, Jesus, lays this out. And this is why, this is why you hear Drew and I get fired up. This is why you hear Justin Peters get fired up and Tom Haskell and Tom Buck and, 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 and Daryl and Virgil and, and a whole host of other people. This is why Jesus's words in Matthew seven, let, look, brothers and sisters, feel the weight of this, feel the weight, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing but inwardly are ravenous wolves you will know them by their fruits are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles even so every good tree bears good fruit but the bad tree bears bad fruit a good tree cannot bear bad fruit nor can a bad tree bear good fruit every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire, verse 20 out of Matthew 7. So then you will know them by their fruits. And so, so I'm pausing there for a second. Look at what we've seen from, from, from Lytton, from, from Greer, from Rick Warren, from, from, from James Merritt, and a whole host of others. And then here comes the consequence right here. This is the part that, that as, as any sort of teacher should, uh, if, if you get up and say, thus says the Lord in any way, shape or form, whether it be preaching or leading songs, this is the way you should feel. And this is, or this is why you should feel one of the reasons why you should feel a weight. Verse 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord will inherit the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my father who is in heaven will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, in your name, did we not prophesy? And, and in your name, cast out demons and in your name, do many miracles. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you depart from me. You who practice lawlessness. Yeah, I bet they got the gospel right, though, didn't they? They did. And, and here's how you know that. What because, does he say that they say? They say, Lord, Lord. Right, right. They, they say, not only do they say, but you can't cast out demons with any other name than Jesus. You can't, you, you can't cast out demons without knowing the gospel. But what did they not do? They don't know Jesus on the personal level. They, they yep. have been the ravenous wolves. Yep. Yep. Bro, and, and, that, and that, that right there that encapsulates why we at matter of theology and why, 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 why faithful pastors and preachers, which we are not, and we acknowledge that constantly. We are not pastors. We are not elders. Well, we're preachers. We're not, 
There you go. We're, we're preachers. <laughs> yeah. yeah oh, no, amen to that. So, so, but that is why that there's such urgency when it comes to stuff like this, mm-hmm. because you're supposed to, you're, if you are called to pastor and shepherd, you are supposed to, to adhere to this command that Paul gave his young son in the faith in second Timothy two 15, mm-hmm. be diligent. Mm-hmm to present yourself approved to God. I'm sorry, SBC, the world is watching should not be your first motivation. What should right. be your first motivation <laughs> is God to is present watching. yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed accurately or rightly as other translations say, mm-hmm. handling the word of truth. The word workman there a field laborer, a husbandman, someone who labors over, works over, allows the spirit through the word to work on you mm-hmm. as you prepare to herald and proclaim and hold up the truth that has been given to us, the faith once for all delivered to the saints. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let me go through a couple of things that I just jotted down. As, Do it. Uh, and these are just kind of points of application as to why the pastor, why the preacher is to do his own work in, in drafting his sermons, not to plagiarize, not to have a team of, of people write them for him, um, but to oh, do oh. the work himself. Okay. Now, now I do want to be clear because none of us have original thoughts. We're all standing on the shoulders of giants. I love okay. that brother. Can you say that again? That is such a great truth to remember that none of us have original thoughts. We're all standing on the shoulders of giants. Now we all pull from a lot of places. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But that doesn't mean we're, we're also not digging into scripture ourselves and doing the work. Right. And this is why you do the work first, because you are ministering to yourself. And we covered that a little bit at the beginning, Mm -hmm. but you're ministering to yourself, the preacher, the pastor, they need the gospel just as much as anyone else. They need God's word in them. Yeah. Yeah. Just as much. They are a sheep just like the rest of us. That's right. Right. That's right. So, so you're ministering to yourself. Now, no preacher or pastor should ever come to, uh, or, or prepare a message without praying over this scripture. So a a pastor, a preacher should be diligently in prayer over what they're going to say. So when you come to this, to whatever text you're doing, you come to it prayerfully, Mm -hmm. you you pray through it, you pray over it, Mm -hmm. and you allow that time to be a sweet communion with God. That's right. Right. And, Mm. and, And what is that? That's, that's encouraging to my soul. When I do that, yeah. that is, that's giving me rest. That's giving me peace. Mm-hmm. That's allowing the Holy Spirit to, to, uh, to, to, to move about uh, within me, mm-hmm. right? Uh, not to sound over spiritualized or, or charismatic or anything, but we still believe in the work of the Holy Spirit right. that lives right. in you. That's and right. so when you come prayerfully to these passages that you are going to preach, pray over them, pray through them, let the spirit work in you. That's also a part of that ministering. Then the text that you just said, second Timothy, mm-hmm. right? You're to do the work to show yourself approved. That's right. You need to know the text 
in and out. You are not to be lazy. The moment you stop studying and stop putting together your own messages and you start plagiarizing or you start having someone else draft your messages, you have become lazy. And God does not approve of the lazy and the slothful. And not only that, God will not deliver his blessings to the lazy. That's right. Okay. That's right. Well, and the word diligent there, right? This is mm-hmm. to, to, to make haste with, 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 with zealous mm-hmm. eagerness. Right. There's, you've got something to say. Yes. It, you, you can't contain it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, that, that's right. And, and I, I love the way Paul, the, the, the way Paul frames that. Um, it is because, you know, he frames that as saying, present yourself approved, like, like be eager to do the work, mm-hmm. like the, the, the right. sweetest time. And I've heard multiple pastors and preachers say this and the, the little, op, the little bit that I've had the opportunity to preach, I won't speak for you, although I know I could here, but the sweetest time is not the homiletical delivery, right? The sweetest time for me is, is the preparation. The mm-hmm. sweetest time for me personally, I'm going to mm-hmm. just, just, you know, if I may speak just a little selfishly is that time in the word mm-hmm. and what that, what, what the Holy spirit does in my life through that time, mm-hmm. through that, that, that is sanctifying. You know, the, 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 are you, are you zealous that you cannot wait to get into your study, to open the word of God and let the word of God fillet you open. Right during that time that's right that's right sorry um, go ahead. well the the next the next thing i was just going to say is uh well, well let's say let's say on that that theme of work right there okay. being being a worker uh because god god likes people that work that's okay right. uh he, he doesn't approve of the lazy and now me myself i'm a worker right I, the, yeah. it's just what i do if, if i'm not working really i don't know what to do because yeah. i just yeah. I, I work and then but but those who work with me they know if they're not working they're going to hear it from me <laughs> right right yes. so so i get i get people that load my truck right but every time but, but, but when i come in i always rearrange my truck just because yeah. you know i have things that go in a certain place but people if i come in and stuff's just thrown all about my truck, right? It's not put on shelves or whatever. And I can tell the, the kid that's just been loading my truck has not cared, right? He's just ready to check out. Mm-hmm. He's going to get a boot in his rear end from me, okay? <laughs> I've done it several times. I don't know why pack, why belt managers keep putting these kids on my truck, um, they know they're probably going to quit because once I get a hold of them, right? I'm just saying. But what's the? Uh, I think it's in. I think it's in Colossians. Uh, I'm blanking on it now. But where uh, Paul says we are we are uh, God's workmen and and the 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 church is, is God's field. I think isn't that Colossians? Uh, I I think so. I'll look it up while you're talking. Go ahead. But yeah. So but the the point that I'm making there is the pastor. The preacher, you are a steward. You're a worker. First Corinthians and, three nine. First, okay. First Corinthians three nine. I knew it was. I, we are God's fellow workers. Yes. You are God's field, God's building. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I could. I was thinking Colossians three, but you went to Colossians three earlier. Um, the church is God's building, God's field. Mm. You are a worker in that field. Yeah. 
if you are not working diligently, right, to to grow that field through mm-hmm. the planting of God's word, mm-hmm. what do you think that the owner of the field, because you're not the owner, God is the owner, you're a worker in the field. What do you think that owner is going to do to you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, especially again, the, the number one concern of God is his glory and his name and, and, and to stand and tout that you're a herald of the King. Um, and, and, and then you bring a reproach upon his name by, by lying and deceiving and then, and, and then not doing the work to allow that truth to pour into you. And then you pour it, it you are the vessel that the Lord uses to pour that out to those in your care, mm-hmm. the, the, the consequences of that. Uh, scripture is clear. Not many should desire to be teachers. Um, and, and there's a reason why, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and, and I want to read a quote here by John Calvin and, and this kind of, this kind of speaks to why we put in the work. Uh, it, it, well, when I say we, of course, I, I, any, anybody that preaches, anybody that teaches, um, and here's why here, here's what John Calvin said, quote, let the pastors boldly declare all things by the written word of God, by which they are constituted administrators. Let them constrain all the power, glory, and excellence of the world to give place to and to obey the divine majesty of this word. Let them enjoin everyone by it from highest to the lowest. Let them edify the body of Christ. Let them devastate Satan's reign. Let them pasture the sheep. Let them kill the wolves, instruct and exhort the rebellious. Let them bind and loose. Let them thunder, let them lightning, but let them do all things in accordance to the word of God. Mm -hmm. Period, close quote. Boom. That, how can you do that if you're not putting in the work? How can you do that if you have a team of eight people who write your sermons for you? Right. I mean, how much do you care about God's people? If that's, that's how your, your approach to it, I'm going to back it up even higher. How much do you care about God's glory? Mm -hmm. You don't. You don't, you are bringing reproach upon him and you're supposed to be his herald. You know, you know what you would, what these guys would, they would do much better to just walk up to the pulpit, open their Bible, read a chapter, close it and step down, sit down. They would, they would do much better to do that than just plagiarize from someone else and give bad theology. Because that, because that, when, if they did that, that entire thing would be infallible and it would be allowing the word of God and the spirit to move through the reading of the word of God to actually do something. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I could not, I I could not agree with you more Um, because, because what you're doing there um, is you're giving people Christ. Mm-hmm. Right. You're, you're, you're giving people the excellencies of Christ. Uh, there was a, um, I, I read it earlier. I'm trying to find it now. It's a, it's a Robert Murray McShane back to, back to McShane. Um, a quote that he said, um, uh, hang on one second. I will find it. Um, I just had it and now it's gone there. There it is. Quote. I see a man cannot be a faithful minister until he preaches Christ for Christ's sake, until he gives up striving to attract people to himself and seeks only to attract them to Christ. Mm-hmm. 
period, close quote. And then, yeah. again, Robert, Robert Murray McShane. So yeah. it, I, I, ju- I, ju- I don't understand this. And then, of course, you know, what, you know, uh, w- what's going to happen, you know, I, I mean, or what has happened, right? So, so since all of this came out, you have, the, there's another, the, there's even another layer to this. Um, uh, the, both Ed Litton and J.D. Greer released statements back to back. Greer's came first and then Litton. Were they identical? Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> they were probably like JD was probably like, all right, change change some things. No, no, no. Um, so, uh, but you know, JD went on to um, explain that 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 um, Ed did reach out to him about using some of the points. Um, he also tried to blame the whispering versus shouting. Well, I got we got that from I got that from Jen Wilkin, who got that from RC Sproul, um, and um, the the. Um, so the, uh, the, the quote from RC Sproul was actually a book that he wrote in the early two thousands, uh, what we believe about the Bible and what, what RC says in there. And, and there's a great video by Justin Peters, our brother, Justin Peters. We love Justin. Um, that again, I will also, I will have lots of videos in the show notes for everybody. Um, but um, where, where he goes through and, and shows you on the screen where RC said this and in context, what RC was talking about, what RC was talking about was, was eschatology. He was talking about um, the fact that there are some things from the eschatological, and if you don't are, are not familiar with that term, the end times, your view of the end times, um, you know, uh, that, that there are areas where the scriptures do seem to not give as much information as they would, you know, say the, the, the order of salvation, the ordo salutis. Um, so, so that's what RC was talking about. And so I'm like, bro, Really? You're going to come out and you guys are going to try to bash RC, who's been with the Lord in heaven since 2017? Really? That, that, that's, that's what you're going to go with. So there's nothing like throwing a dead saint under the bus, you know? Right. Which, again, just speaks to more of the deception yeah. and depravity and the condition that I'm concerned about mm-hmm. of the eternal state of their soul. Yeah. So not, now, not only have you... Uh, have you lied and deceived and brought reproach on God? Now you're even, you're bringing it down even more and you're, and you're taking a faithful brother, uh, theologian, uh, apologist and preacher like RC Sproul and yeah. throwing him under the bus and saying, you got it from him. No, you didn't. <laughs> yeah, well, no, he got it from Jen Wilkin who got oh, it. From Jen him. Wilkin. Who and got that, well, there's your problem right mm. there. That's why mm. I, I, I ain't going go there home. Right now. <laughs> go home, Jen Wilkin. <laughs> right. I'll say it. I told yeah. you, man. I've got I got my old son hat on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Jen well, Wilkin, honey bear, go home. Okay. Yes, go absolutely. home. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I mean, it's look. It's it's one of those things that I I, I look at this and, and then I, I I read these statements that these guys have put out and. And so now you have, uh, you know, you have JD trying to explain, explain this away. Um, and, and, and then Ed Litton comes back and, and, and said, yeah, I should have given credit to JD, but I didn't give credit to JD. And um, I have a, you know, I've all, I've had a team of eight people who 
help me write sermons and, and how they defend that is, well, all of us, all of us, you know, um, all of us, uh, you know, c- consult commentaries and, uh, and listen to, you know, those faithful saints who are, are, are still living and, and, and sure, absolutely. I, I'll be the first to tell you guys when I prepare for a podcast, you know, if we're, if we're studying a topic, I'll write down my thoughts. I will sit, I will meditate. I will, I will, I will pour over the scriptures first. But then I absolutely will, you know, I wonder what R.C. Sproul said about that. I wonder what Stephen Charnock had to say about that. Thomas Watson's my favorite. What, what did Watson have to say about that? The, the biggest, you know, pastor that hasn't had an impact on my life in a grand scale, of course, is Dr. John MacArthur. What does Mac have to say about that? I will absolutely do that. But what I will not do is quote their words as my own. Everybody who listens to Matter of Theology or has heard me preach or has heard Drew, if we quote someone, we quote, close quote, and we do that on purpose. So we abs- everybody absolutely does that. Brother, to your point, we don't have original thoughts, right? We stand on the shoulders of giants. But then to, but then to, to, to do this and then to get caught and then to show worldly remorse because you got caught to scrub over 143 sermons from your YouTube page and church website because you got caught. And then, oh, by the way, Newsweek's doing an article about it. The New York Post did an article about it. Uh, Other secular news organizations have done articles about it. Um, Yeah, the world is watching. And guess what? The world is watching as God's wrath is upon you through his wrath of abandonment. Yeah, the world watched you get caught. Right. Exactly. It's, it's, it's not so, so not only have you brought reproach on the Lord through lying, you know, hold on, ahead, ahead, but before, before you go, go there, because a lot of talk in the SBC has been about, um, you know, cover up of sexual abuse within the SBC and why no right. one sees it. Well, right. they can't even see when two prominent SBC pastors are using the same sermons. So of course they're not going to be able to even, you know, see sexual abuse that takes place. Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that, that, that's a whole other conversation as well. <laughs> you know, but I, 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 that absolutely shows absolutely zero biblical repentance. Mm-hmm. It's worldly remorse. It, 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 it is not biblical repentance in the slightest. Um, one of the, the books that I am reading right now um, and have been reading since December of 2020, this is July of 2021, is The Doctrine of Repentance by Thomas Watson. This book, I have it right here in my hands. I just want to get the page count. 122 pages. It's a small book. It's Puritan paperback. I am just now getting to chapter six. Why? Why, why Chris? Why is it taking you so long to get through that book? Well, because I read a sentence or a paragraph and, and, and Thomas Watson is slapping me in the face mm-hmm. about, about the, the practice of repentance in my life. Not because I want to earn God's favor because I think that I'm not saved or work, you know, workspace salvation or anything like that, but because I desire to live a life of putting to death the deeds of the flesh, mm-hmm. mortifying the sin in my life because – Full disclosure, because there have been times that I haven't done that, and the consequences of that mm-hmm. hurt the, the reproach that you bring upon the name of the Lord hurts me because I love my father. 
mm-hmm. and am overwhelmed by the grace upon grace that he has shown me. I'm overwhelmed by the, 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 the shed blood of Christ. And, and Thomas Watson says in this book, he says, quote, Christ is never loved till sin be loathed. Heaven is never longed for till sin be loathed. Let all my self-love be turned into self-loathing. We are never more precious in God's eyes than when we are lepers in our own, period, close quote. Mm -hmm. And so I say that to say, Watson goes on to say in this this book uh, concerning the the sins that make us blush, and and, and he specifically speaks to the Christian who, who willfully sins. He says this, quote, The sin committed by a Christian is worse than the sin committed by an Indian because the Christian sins against clearer conviction, which is like the dye to the wool or the weight put into the scale that makes the weight heavier. Our sins are worse than the sins of the devil. The lapsed angels, listen to this, the lapsed angels never sinned against Christ's blood. Christ died not for them. The medicine of his merit was never intended to heal them, but we have affronted and disparaged his blood by unbelief, Mm. period, close quote. So the reason I read that and the reason I bring that up is because not only have these men brought reproach on the name of the Lord by saying that God, God himself has called them, equipped them, confirmed them to be heralds of his word. Not only have they lied and, and, and committed deception upon deception upon deception, but th- so that brings reproach upon him. That sin disparages his blood, but then they show this worldly remorse, which is not repentance at all, which continues to just heap up this 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 unbelief this 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 not caring about the blood of christ the sacrifice of christ on their behalf if they profess faith in the lord jesus christ mm-hmm. yep bro yep <clears throat> now you got anything else bro well uh you know that that doctrine of repentance quote you know it just it, it made me think of uh another another book by a puritan um called the uh it's called the the true christian's love to the unseen christ and uh by by thomas vincent and so uh you know watson in in the doctrine of repentance says says that a little you know pretty strong right that that's that's pretty strong thomas vincent says says something similar but in a in kind of a more pastoral way um, so I would, I would also recommend getting, um, the true Christians love to the unseen Christ. Cause it in there, Thomas Vincent talks about, you know, when we sin against Christ, mm-hmm. what that is and, and willful sin. And, and basically it's because we're not, we, we don't see him. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. We act upon that because we don't see him. We, you know, it would be different if he were right in our face, but yeah. it's not. So, um, but, you know, one of the things I was thinking of is because someone might be asking, well, you know, what do I what do I do, you know, in, in preparing sermons and things like that, if, if you're called to preach and, and whatnot? Um, and because, you, you know, you, you, just, you said when you go through stuff, 
you 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 look at what other people have said about it, right? Yeah, w- yeah. Whether it be John MacArthur, listen to John MacArthur sermon, see what he has said, go to commentary, see what they have said. Yeah. One exercise that I would I would challenge people to do is this, uh, because I'm preaching at the end of July, yeah. right? And, and I was given free range, um, the pastor, trust me, um, to, to, to choose my topic to, uh, for which to preach my, my passage. And so I had a couple of things that I wanted to talk about, you know, at first I was like, well, in all these topics, let's look at which one is more necessary for today. And I'm going down, I'm going, well, they're all really necessary for today, mm-hmm. um, but the, the, the passage I, I chose, and it, ca- it really came down to John 4 or Psalm 38, right? Mm-hmm. I was going to talk about worship or I was going to talk about sin. Mm-hmm. And so when I started looking, I started going, you know what? John MacArthur doesn't have a sermon on Psalm 38. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have not preached Psalm 38. Mm. So what did I want to do? I wanted to stretch myself and I wanted to put in the work to go through Psalm 38. Nice. Right. Because when there's not a whole lot of material on it, it forces you to do yeah. work. Yeah. It forces you yeah. to get into. So it's, yeah. so I, so I want to challenge you preachers. If, if you're coming to something and you don't know what to preach, you want to get out of this, right. right? How do you not get caught up in mm-hmm. the, uh, you know, relying on what other people have said, find something they haven't preached on because it's going to force you. It's going to force you to do the work. Yeah. Yep. Brother, that, 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 that's a great word. That's a great word. Uh, I I mean, and that this is the first time it ever happened uh, was when we were doing uh, some, some preaching through with a youth group. Right. And I think we were going through, golly i think it was like genesis or something maybe genesis maybe judges but i started looking around and i started going no one this is not a a a chapter anyone has preached on yeah and so it, it it was hard it was really hard but it forced me to do the work that's right that's right i mean put put in the work put in the work brothers uh if the Lord has called you to teach in any capacity, um, uh, do, do it, do it, put in the work. Don't, uh, don't, don't be lazy. Do not be slothful because when you stand and say, thus says the Lord, you will be held accountable for every word spoken. Yeah. Um, you know, and, uh, brother, thank you so much for sharing that. And, and I think, you know, in, in kind of starting to wrap up, I, <sighs> You know, we, we, we look around and we see all this nonsense, uh, <laughs> right? We see all this craziness um, going on. You know, you read the Apostle Paul's words in Ephesians about making the best use of time because the days are evil. Um, you know, he he equips, he himself, it says, uh, Paul said in, in, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, and he himself gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of service to, to the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the full knowledge of the son of God to a mature man, to the measure of the stature, which belongs to the fullness of Christ so that we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by trick by the trickery of men, 
by craftiness in deceitful scheming, which is what we're seeing. Mm. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head that is Christ, from whom the whole body being joined and held together, held together by what every joint supplies according to the properly measured working of each individual part causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. That is it. Now, the, the beautiful thing that we're seeing in the midst of, of this craziness, um, I, have, I have two quick quotes and then I want to wrap up with some encouragement. Um, uh, th th this first quote, and this is what we're seeing right now, comes from our brother Daryl Harrison from uh, the Just Thinking podcast, episode 106, A Biblical Exposition of Unity. Daryl said this, quote, when you scan the landscape that passes for evangelical Christianity today, particularly in America, many pulpits are populated with applause pursuing man pleaser pleasers as opposed to holiness pursuing God pleasers. And then he goes on to say, uh, later on in, in this section, he says, quote, I think it needs to be said and emphasized again that Christianity is not some passive belief system that causes believers to lock arms with individuals, including pastors and preachers and politicians who subscribe mm -hmm. to a worldview that is objectively observable as being evil and which loves and promotes the darkness rather than the light, mm -hmm. period, close quote. That is the truth. That is the truth. If you go to Summit Church or Redemption Church, spend some time praying and do it biblically, but you don't need to be at that church if, if those men are your quote-unquote pastors. Right. You don't. You absolutely don't. Um, so, uh, so, so the encouragement piece that I have... <laughs> Is, is this, you know, I read that, that passage in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter four. It's an amazing section of scripture. Be encouraged. And I said this recently, I am, I am elated to be a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ during this time, because what we're seeing and what we've seen over the past 15 and 16 months is this, we have seen the Lord purifying his church. Mm -hmm. We have seen the Lord shining a light in Ephesians five, Paul talks about the the the, the fruitful uh, the fruitful light that will be shown um, on 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 works of darkness, and we're seeing that we're seeing the Lord shine a light on those who are participating in deceitful schemes, all while professing the name of Christ. So, believer, be encouraged. The Lord is moving. The Lord is the Lord is adding to the, his church daily those who are being saved. He is he is equipping, he is preparing, he is he is truly calling and confirming qualified men to lead his church. So so be encouraged, believer. Don't 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 look at this and think, man, if I, you know, I'm not going to go to any Baptist church. Or I'm not just going to go. I'm just not going to go to church. Look at all this. Look at all this nonsense. Well, look, I mean, you need to be a Berean and test everything against the, against the backdrop of Holy Scripture, but you also need to be plugged into a local church submitting, submitting to your pastors and elders and, 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 and coming up underneath their leadership and having your souls cared for by the gathering of the saints um, and, and being plugged into a local community that is a part of the church. So what an amazing time, brother. I, I'm super encouraged by, by what we're seeing. You know, I know it's crazy and I, I'm, and I just, you know, everybody hears us get, well, me really get fired up and, and, and the tone changes and I get a little loud, but 
what a great time to be a part of the church. Um, and I'm, I'm incredibly, incredibly, incredibly encouraged about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, I've, I've got a quote, um, <clears throat> you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. That's right. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott, Ed, Ed Litton. Litton. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, these, these guys, Greer, Litton, it is almost as though they do the things that they do in order to gain their platform. Oh, that's absolutely it. Right. And the thing that, that we have to remember and that uh, you, the listener has to remember about those who gain their platform, who do those things, who, who will say cheat, who cheat to gain Mm. their platform. Okay. They have received their reward. Whoa. Whoa. But, but I want to say this, they are not beyond forgiveness. That's right. That's right, brother. Come on. So what these men need to do is they don't need to seek worldly repentance, right? A, a, a repentance that is, that, that is not brought about by conviction of the Holy Spirit in your soul to where, uh, to where it, it it is agonizing to you, mm. right? Go read the. I I mentioned the the, the passage. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be preaching Psalm 38. Go read Psalm 38 and see how David is agonizing physically over his sin. Yeah, yeah. the chastisement from God that he receives over his sin. Mm. Has your sin brought you to that point? That's right. Does even thinking about sin in that way, get, get you mentally thinking about that point, right? Of, of agonizing over your sin. Yeah. These men are not agonizing over their sin. They don't hate their sin. And I mean, and we can see that through, through what the justification they try to do in their statements. Oh, well, I got it from such and such. You got it from such and such who got it from such. And therefore it's okay. Right. Well, what is that? All that is, is that's, that's the thief saying, well, at least I'm not a murderer. That's the murderer saying, well, at least I'm not, you, you know, the 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 sex trafficker or whatever or or the child molester or whatever. That's that's all that is. Yeah, it's right? it's uh, uh, Thomas Watson calls it uh, godly sorrow. And, right. and he says uh, he says, quote, this sorrow for sin is not superficial. Mm. It is a holy yeah. agony. Period. Yeah. Close quote. Yeah, that's a good way to say that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna have you're gonna have to send me that quote. <laughs> I will, bro. I <laughs> so will. I can use that. <laughs> I will. But, uh, Absolutely, man. Um, just say it as your own, and don't say you right. got it from me. Who got it from right. Watson? <laughs> Who got it from Watson? Right, right, right. Uh, but but we do need to remember that these men are not uh, not beyond redemption or not beyond uh, forgiveness. Now, I will say this: this, this does disqualify them from yes. from ministry. Yes, they if yes. they had integrity they would admit their wrongdoing and they would step down from their position as right. Lytton right. would, would step down as president of the SBC. Yep. Um, uh, that, that is just, if they had yep. integrity yep. and if they had had character, they would come under uh, godly pastoral leadership and discipleship. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. There was something else I wanted to say, but it just slipped my mind right now. 
That's right. Oh, oh, this is what I want to say. Um, if this is kind of, you know, for those who would be like, uh, oh, well, you guys are just Pharisees and, and you guys are, are legalists and you guys are this and you guys are that. You're fundamentalists. Hey, guess what? I don't care. Call me, call, call me a Pharisee. Nope. I don't care. I don't care. Uh, you know what? Jesus didn't get mad at the Pharisees for their doctrinal beliefs, for, for, for their, their wanting to be doctrinally That's pure right. and theologically right. sound. He got mad at them for their misapplication and laying the burden on the people. That's right. Okay. That's, That's why right. he got mad at them. That's and it. He didn't get mad at them over their theological zeal. Okay. No. So call me a Pharisee. Go for it. I don't care. Guess what? <laughs> I, I probably will never meet you ever. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't care. Hashtag. I don't care. Yeah, brother. What, what, yeah, what a, I, I, d- d- those, those three words. I don't care. Yep. yep. Daryl Harrison. Drew That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, brother. Um, well, Hey man. Um, thank you so much. Uh, I, I know I, I, brother, I know you've got a lot going on personally right now. And, and I always love these conversations with you. And you know, uh, you kept mentioning people like McShane and then mortification of sin. And so I'm sitting at my desk and I keep looking at where those books were because yeah. they're all packed up yeah. and they're not there <laughs> anymore. And I'm like, Oh, wait, oh cause I'm going to grab it. And I'm like, well, it's not there anymore. Can't do that right now. Uh, yeah. Drew Drew's in the middle of moving you guys. So, uh, uh brother, I, I greatly appreciate your time. And, um, uh, you, you know this, I've said this publicly and privately and I'll continue to say it. Um, and I'll say it on Sunday when I see you, uh, at church, but, uh, I love you, man. And I'm grateful for, uh, the opportunity to, to chop it up with you. So, uh, man, I'm going to pray and then, um, and then we'll wrap it up. Okay. Do it. All right. Gracious God, we thank you so much for this time, this opportunity. We thank you for uh, your word. Uh, Father, we thank you for the truths found in your word. We thank you that your word lays us bare. It is sharper than a two-edged sword. It cuts deep uh, to the bone and marrow. Father, we thank you so much for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your patience and long-suffering with us. And Father, may we extend that um, to those in and around us, um, even in the midst of what we're seeing right now, even in the midst of, of, of calling out this, the, the, this deception and these lies and this false teaching and this, these deceitful schemes. Uh, Father, help us to be quick to show grace uh, uh, where, where grace is requested, where forgiveness is requested. Uh, Father, ultimately, we care about and want your name to be lifted high. We want your truth to be lifted high. We don't want those in your church, in your bride, to be to be led astray, to be taken captive, as, as Colossians 2 says, by, 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 by any sort of empty or vain philosophy or deception. Uh, so, Father, we, we, we pray for Ed Litton. We pray for J.D. Greer. We pray yes. for the people around them. Father, give the Lord, I pray that there are men of courage. Uh, who will, 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 will continue to, I know some have, but will continue to go to them and say, say, brothers, this is wrong. This is sin. Uh, you need to repent. And Father, we pray that they would. We pray that you would give them a spirit of godly sorrow, of holy agony over their sin. And we pray that for ourselves. May we have that same agony over the, the, the even thought of sin and bringing reproach upon your name. Uh, so, Father, we love you. We thank you. We thank you that you are building your church, that you are the precious, solid, never-ending, never-shaken cornerstone, and that nothing, nothing will prevail against you and you building your church. Thank you. We love you. In Christ's name, amen.
Amen. Thanks so much for tuning in to Matter of Theology. We will catch you on the next one.